Hi, this is Karen Kroll, and I'm your host for Living Authentically After 55. I hope you had a wonderful week, and if you listened to last week's episode, I hope you had fun exploring the Meetup website and found a few groups to join. If you did, I'd really like to hear your experiences and encourage you to share them on our Facebook group page for others to enjoy. If you haven't joined the group yet, I invite you to do so because each day I try to post something motivational and inspiring. The link is on our main page, or you can just put Living Authentically After 55 in the Facebook search bar. I've picked up a bit of a spring cold because I've been traveling the last two months in the cold Midwest states of Wisconsin and Indiana. I absolutely love spending time with my family, and I miss them terribly when I'm not there. But as far as weather goes, let me tell you, I'm looking forward to getting back to the warm Missouri weather later this week. Spring is one of my favorite seasons. It's that time of year when it just seems natural to start new things. New projects, new habits, a new look, new everything. But it's not just a time for new things. It's also a time for spring cleaning and looking at things that have served you well and may need some renewing, and some things that no longer serve you well, and time to get rid of them. With that in mind, let's look at this week's motivation for momentum. This week, I made a post on our group page that highlighted 15 things that Irma Bombeck said she would change if she had her life to live over again. Looking at her life from the outside, she was very successful and happy. She published 15 books, of which most were bestsellers, and wrote over 4,000 newspaper columns that were carried in 900 newspapers and read by 30 million readers. She was a humorist, so laughter was a big part of her life. Yet in spite of her success, she was able to come up with 15 things she would change if she could live her life over. She wrote this list after she found out she was dying. The list is really thought-provoking, and I encourage you to go to the group page on Facebook and read it if you haven't read it before. I've also been reading about an Australian nurse named Bronnie Weir, who worked several years in palliative care. She compiled her notes that she had written over the years concerning her observations of all her patients and put them in a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Here's the list. Number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. This was the number one common regret of all her patients. When there's no time or ability left to do anything, it's easy to realize how many dreams and goals went unfulfilled. That regret can be overwhelming when you realize they went unfulfilled because of choices you made and excuses you allowed to slide in and push them to yet another day. But when there are no longer days to push them off to, you have to face the truth. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. This regret came from every male patient in her care. They regretted allowing a job to take all their time and attention, which caused them to miss out on key family moments. Women also mentioned this regret, but because she cared for people from an older generation where most women worked in the home taking care of the family, they said it less than the men. 3. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Many people said they suppressed their feelings to keep the peace, so they lived in mediocrity and never became who they truly thought they could be. 
Many of the illnesses that they had developed came from carrying resentment and bitterness for so long. 4. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Everyone missed their friends when they were dying. Unfortunately, at that point, it was no longer possible to track them down, and they realized how much they missed out in life because they didn't put in the time and effort to maintain those wonderful relationships. And five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. It wasn't until the end that these people realized they had lived their lives in a holding pattern. They let fear of change and the lack of understanding that happiness is a choice lull them to complacency. Now, you might be saying to yourself, gee, Karen, uh, this information is kind of a downer and not too motivating. And what does this all have to do with spring and new things and renewal? Well, I want to challenge you this week with this action step. Take time to look at what is occupying your thoughts and time, and who and where are you investing your energy and care? Are there friendships that you haven't properly cared for and lost connection with that you'd like to reconnect? Next, consider if you're getting the results you want in life. Where can you add new actions? What needs renewing? And what do you need to purge from your life so you can move forward to creating the life you really want? Push aside any and all excuses and take the time to look at those top five things that other people have regretted. Take away all your excuses and get real with yourself and ask where you currently are on a scale of one to five. With five being, you're living in mastery of living true to yourself. You have total balance in work and enjoyment time. You respectfully share your feelings without stuffing any. You regularly meet and call friends. And you're truly happy. Remember, concerning number two, Work time doesn't necessarily mean a job where you get a paycheck. It means any activity that's taking your mental or physical effort to achieve a purpose or result. No matter how young or old, these are main issues of life that need your time and attention now. Don't put them off for another day, week, month, or year. I don't want any of you to have these five regrets when you come to the end of your life. It's so easy to let seemingly good things that are truly insignificant things in light of the big picture of our life sidetrack and derail what we really want and need. And while we're on the subject of end of life, I'd like to share a pet peeve I have. How many times have you heard, or maybe even said yourself, I wish I would have spent more time with them or called them or you fill in the blank? Why do we usually put letting people know we care last on our to-do list? I end my family phone conversations or leaving family members with the words, I love you. I actually had an ex-boyfriend ask me why I do it because he rarely said it to anyone, including me. My response was and is because if something should happen to them or me, I want the last words to them to be, I love you. I don't want them to just assume I love them. I want them to know how much they mean to me, that it was worth the effort to tell them. Somewhere along the way, we've created this mentality that just because we're physically present, others should know we care. So if you find yourself in that category, my second action step for this week is to verbally express how you feel to your family members and friends and incorporate this as a daily practice. 
people do need to hear it, as well as have you physically present. My one caution is, don't just say it to say it. Say it because you mean it. I hope you've heard some things today that will spur you to positive action. If you have friends that you think would enjoy the series, please share the links for the podcast and Facebook group. You're always welcome to send me your feedback and topic suggestions. I will read and respond to each and every one. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Music